I'm gonna give you 10 minutes to get your hands off my dick. God comes to visit me every once in a while. Actually, he comes more often than I'd like. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 8.5 of Inside Oz, the world's only Oz review podcast. This is not that today. Now you might remember at the end of the last episode, episode 8, A Game of Checkers, I did say that I was undertaking this, how would we say, somewhat experimental bonus episode for you today, which I am calling episode 8.5, Outside Oz. It was an idea that I had probably a couple of months back when I was actually in the process of recording the first four episodes of the series. And when I was watching back the episodes, I was thinking, God, it's a lot of intensity going on at any one time. So what I figured it would do, once it got to the end of the series, it would just be nice to have a little bit of fun, maybe drop down the intensity a little bit, and look at something outside of ours. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a film that features a member of the cast of Oz, but obviously isn't set in the Oz universe. Like I say, it's meant to just be a little bit of fun. As I also mentioned at the end of the last episode, I was going to leave some clues on the social media pages for you to look at as well, and I'm sure most of you worked out what it is as well. But what we're going to do today is we are going to do a watch-along of the 1993 Disney sports comedy, Cool Runnings, which of course stars Leon, more commonly known as Jefferson Keane to us. So we will get to that in a moment, but I also just want to take this time once again to thank everybody who listened to the first series of Inside Oz. Thank you to everybody who's taken the time to message me on social media or through the Inside Oz email address, and thank you to everybody who has downloaded an episode and supported the show. Stay tuned to the end of this episode, and I will also have some information regarding series two of Inside Oz. But for today, as I mentioned, we are going to be doing a watch-along of Cool Runnings. Think of this as me doing your very own DVD director's commentary for it. I'm going to be watching the film through the Disney Life iPhone app. And while in the UK the film isn't available on Netflix or anything of that sort, I'm sure it most likely will be available on streaming services in the US. If not, you can pick it up cheap enough on DVD. And I'll give you a countdown for when we get going with that so that we're watching in sync with each other. So, Cool Runnings, made by Walt Disney Pictures and distributed by Buena Vista Entertainment. It was released in the United States on October the 1st, 1993, and then across the world from February through till July the following year, apart from Romania where it wasn't released until June 1996. It was made on a budget of $15 million, which is next to nothing in today's money, and it achieved a worldwide gross of $154,856,263, making it the 15th highest grossing film in the US in 1993. So now that we're all warmed up, it's time to feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's bobsleigh time! From Walt Disney Pictures. And who are you? The Jamaican bobsleigh team, sir. <laughs> they always dreamed of competing in the Olympics. Oh my God. But before they can make a name for themselves... Where did these guys come from? Jamaica! They've got to find a name for their sled. Tallulah. <laughs> Tallulah. That's my mother's name. Tallulah. Inspired by the true story, Cool Runnings, rated PG, starts Friday, October 1st. Okay, everybody, so we are ready to go on 1993's Cool Runnings. Like I said, I'm watching on the Disney Life iPhone app. Only cost you a fiver a month, so why not? And in three, two, one, blast off! Okay, so... Classic Walt Disney uh, Pictures logo there. 
fire that brings back memories. Ages since I've seen it. Oh, hang on, have I put the Lion King on by mistake here? Ah, oh, no, there it is, cool runnings. Okay. Dawn Steel Production. John Turtle Taub film. Who wasn't the original director on this? Was brought in later on. There's Leon. There's Jefferson Kane. Shaking it out. Getting ready. Doug E. Doug. I think he plays Sanka Coffee. Raul D. Lewis plays Junior Bevin. Malik Yoba plays Yul Brenner. First acting role that he had. A look of confidence, look of concentration. Wow, it's some wonky goalposts. John Candy. People say this was his last film, it actually wasn't. It was the last film that was released in his lifetime, but it wasn't his final film. That was Canadian Bacon. And Jefferson, he's off. Bye, it with some even wonkier goalposts behind him. Wonky, rusty goalpost, and he's through. And off he goes for a bit more of a run. Looks to be quite early morning in uh, old Jamaica there. Seems to be a popular boy, anyway. Old uh, playing Doris Bannock here. Not the real name of the of a member of the original team. I think all all four main characters are. Are different to their uh, real-world counterparts. Yeah, the uh, 1988 Jamaican bobsleigh team consisting of Devon Harris, Dudley Stokes, Michael White, Freddie Powell, and last-minute replacement Chris Stokes. The van with animals. Jamaica's always you know, portrayed as somewhat of a glamorous place. It doesn't look that nice, if I'm honest. I mean, I'm sure it's warm and warm and sunny all the time, I'm sure, but... Yeah, I'm from the North of England, I can't take that. Just have a leg it through the field of cows. So Jamaica, November 1987. Annual pushcart derby. Popular enough that they have to do it. That they can do it annually. You're gonna have to hit those tires a bit harder with that hammer, mate. Sank a coffee there in point some uh, child labour. I remember recording this when it was on first on TV, way back in... This was out in 93, it was probably like 1995 when it was first on TV. Back then, I would record something and I'd just watch it over and over and over again. This and Wayne's World. 
two uh, particular popular choices of mine. Seventh derby in a row. So you've been doing this since 1980. Yeah, slave labour driving. Good lad. Steady on. Nearly knocked that poor woman over. I can't believe there'd be this many people like what wanting to go and watch the, a push cart derby. That's a bit weird. Obviously, that'll come back a little bit later on. Well, that's just cheating. What's the point in having lanes if you're not going to stick to them? Oh, those two lads are out straight away. <laughs> hey, Sunday driver. <laughs> that's something I still use to this day. I wouldn't be so sure about that, mate. And Sanka wins because he's a bit of a cheat. And into the shack. Classic. Look at the uh, trivia on IMDb. According to Tommy Swerdlow, one of the writers on that, the only line in the film that he did not write was that Sanka, you're dead line. It was the only line that came from the original version of the script, apparently. So between this and Oz, there was... A four-year gap, and Doris doesn't really seem to have aged at all in those four years. Even if you look at him now, he looks virtually identical to what he did here, and this is 25 years ago. Jamaica, not quite the sunny climbs that it's portrayed as. That looks quite overcast to me. This is Doris trying to qualify for the 100 metres. There's your Brenner.
<laughs> oh, you know he's intense. The top four finishes. There's only eight people in the race. So half the field goes to um, represent Jamaica. Junior looks a bit like Andy Peters. Andy Peters is, uh, he used to be on uh, children's television for if you're in America, one of our one of my American brothers. And they're off first time. My stampeding like a herd of herd of horses. Oh, steady on Andy. And he's down. Oh. Disaster. There we go. Nameless man representing Jamaica at the Summer Games. So if three of them got took, took out in that, all of a sudden, rather than 50% of the field nearly qualifying, it goes to 80%. might have been born to be in the Olympics, mate, but you, you didn't manage to qualify, so don't go and have a man. There's a picture of his dad. Another chance in four years. It's a very badly photoshopped man, is what that is. So originally the cast was not meant to feature Leon or any of the uh, other three lead actors. Original cast was envisioned by Disney for the film. You were meant to have Denzel Washington playing Darice. Eddie Murphy was going to be playing Sanka. Wesley Snipes was going to be playing Yule. And Marlon Wayans as Junior. But um, let's say that Denzel and Eddie wanted a bit more money for the role. John Candy was originally envisioned. He's the only person that that Disney got from their first choices. Basically, yeah. Stop saying like like you've never heard of ice before. Yes, he said ice.
That line about a Wheaties box, that's something that seems to crop up a lot in films. If you're from the States, please let me know what the big hoo-ha is about being on the front of a Wheaties box. What's so special about that? See, he is a good friend after all. <laughs> Stare at that car. So there's our first appearance of John Candy. Like I mentioned before, this is final film of his released in his lifetime this came out in October and then by, I think it was with less than 6 months later he passed away unfortunately age 43 as I mentioned before as well he did have films released after his death he was filming a film called Wagons East at the time of his passing. And then, <laughs> sorry, talking over him, smashing up a radio with a pool cue. Barman just accepting that. Habitual gambling habit as well. I must have missed the explanation as to why John Candy lives in Jamaica with this. Reusing the same shots there from before. Never noticed that before. a wash. Duh! <laughs> Get out. To be fair, that's probably the reaction I'd have as well. I'll wait for a man while he's, while he's on the toilet. That's just weird.
I don't think he wants to do it to race. So at the time of the film's release, this was Walt Disney Pictures' highest grossing live action comedy. Worldwide gross of $154 million, which these days is nothing, but back then the actual cost of going to the cinema was much lower. I can remember going to the cinema and it was about, about £2.20 to go see a film. Now it's about five times as much as that. That's a good shot. I like that shot. If you're running 9-9 as a qualifier, that's incredible. Of course, the 1988 Soul Games was the, uh, the year that Ben Johnson ran, quote-unquote, 9.79. Uh, obviously then got done for cheating afterwards. So everybody meeting to maybe join the bobsleigh team. Look at all the colours on there, man. Wow! Check out that t-shirt. Luminous. From what I understand as well, this is an actual uh, film, the black and white footage here, that was used for warning of the dangers of the bobsled. How do you get into bobsled? Or any winter sport, really? What makes you decide, oh, I know, I'm going to get into a little like metal torpedo and bomb it down ice. Classic line there. Ow. <laughs> Family friendly comedy. Very good. Classic stuff. Somebody's got issues.
Why? Everybody seems to love it, though. You want to try living in north of England, Matt? Kick Sanker off the team then and be a two-man. Nope, nope, there's Andy Peters back. Rocking a salmon pink polo. Polo shirt and shorts. He looks like a background character from Grand Theft Auto. Nobody's that excited about going to Canada. <laughs> That's quite unfair, actually. I've heard Canada's quite nice. When my brother tried to go to Canada for six months skiing, but he had a problem with his visa and came back home about three weeks later. What a ragtag bunch they are. Oh, goody indeed. But the hell is overcast again? <laughs> Looks like a dilapidated boat. It's one for the wrestling fans there. I love how no one wears any brand names in this either. but being good at driving involves breaking Sanka. Sun's coming out a bit in the background. Looks windy though. Yeah, no one wears any brand names and nobody seems to colour coordinate in this. Seems it was his idea. Had a quick change, change of polo shirt. Tch. 
Looks like it'd be a very lazy dog. I'm sure that would pass as a very nice car back in 1993. Looks a bit dated by now, though. Oh, somebody is wearing a brand. Yeah, not just Webster and Webster. Poor Junior. He doesn't want to do what he wants to do. Just what his dad wants him to. So the pushcart derby, going back to the earlier scene, brought to the island by George Fitch and William Maloney. They were American businessmen living in Jamaica. <laughs> I love Junior taking that bump over the, over the bobsled. Oh, he's down again. Getting better. Why would you have him pushing a Volkswagen? They're not going to be bobsleighing in a Volkswagen. Oh. That looks like it was the same trip over from before. Sanka would surely be dead from that. Go! Blast off! <laughs> Why do we keep practicing on this bumpy road? Why didn't we practice on the road that Sanka was uh, in the pushcart earlier? Bye, heck! Came around that like a. I don't even know how to finish that. Steady on, love. There goes a wheel. Well, we've somehow still got all four wheels on there, even though you saw one come off earlier. Oh, and now we hit the police. <laughs> That's the second time they've had to use that Sanka joke already.
So they managed to shave off nine seconds from their push start. I love how from one shot they went from overcast grey clouds to bright sunshine. So in real life, the Jamaican bobsleigh team was funded by the Jamaican Tourist Board to make it to the Olympics. Only £20,000 to send somebody there as well. that's something that's going to come back about how Irv embarrassed himself by their sort of high jeans that Leon's wearing there so to see him having to fund themselves to get to to get to the Olympics in Canada Looking to do it through sponsorship. Oh, come on, mate, at least hear him out. <laughs> uh, classic montage there. Arm wrestle one dollar. You're going to have to wrestle a lot of people if you want to make 20 grand, mate. Not enough films about arm wrestling. There's only the only one I can remember is that uh, one with Sylvester Stallone in it. Is it Over the Top, I think it's called? Everyone's still laughing at Doris. Yeah, Love a good movie montage. Everything seems to go quicker in montage form. Wearing his face off. Again, you're going to have to start charging more than a dollar a go. Is kissing booze technically prostitution? Ah, Sanka's turn now. Yeah, classic, classic family-friendly comedy. He looked like a he looked like a homeless man. Says something when a homeless man's willing to give away the money. Check out them checkered shorts. Oh, 
Junior in to save the day. Says a lot about Doris's character there. It's a nice thing that Junior's doing for him. He obviously knows that he's desperate to go to the Olympics. Yeah, you can tell that he's grateful. Somebody's going to have to break down Yulbrenner's wall at some point as well. So this is the last that we'll see of the main cast in Jamaica anyway. I think we do come back a couple of points in throughout the film, but this is the last that you'll see of them there. Filmed in Jamaica and in Canada. A lot of films tend to film in Canada these days. Apparently it's cheaper to do so. Get good tax breaks if you film in Canada. There we are, our boys very much fish out of water. Calgary Airport looks like a shopping centre. And yes, Calgary really is that gold. I mentioned at the start about how the film was released in the US in at the start of October and then over the course of February to July the following year across the rest of the world. It's not known as cool runnings in all countries either. Apparently in Norway the film's called Cold Buttocks. It's a very small shuttle bus. Not going to get many in there. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Minus 25. <laughs> Be a few years ago, I can remember a winter in where I live where it was not far off that. Three jumpers on to go de ice the car in the morning. So, this is John Candy going to register his team.
characters in the movie as well, they, they're fictional characterizations. They're not based on, on the real members of the team. So it's not just the names that are changed. You would think that the Olympic Committee would know who's qualified for various events in the lead up to the actual event. They wouldn't leave it until the actual week. Times change, but attitudes apparently don't. It's not exactly very subtle, the uh, racial undertones in this film, I don't think. So the film itself set at the 1988 Calgary Olympics. Also this year, certainly British viewers will remember, this is the year that Eddie the Eagle uh, Edwards was at, at the Olympics as well. There's a film about, out about his life not too long ago. In that film as well, uh, Eddie the Eagle from, I think it was from 2015, there's a scene where one of the commentators makes a reference to the Jamaican bobsleigh team. 1988 as well was the last year that the, the Winter and Summer Olympics were held in the same year. Sorry, that was the second to last year, I should think. Should say. They were both held in uh, the same year in 1992. And the Summer Olympics were in uh, Barcelona. And the winter were. They were held somewhere in France. I can't remember where off the top of my head. So a number of directors were attached to direct the movie before John Turtletaub uh, became the actual director. Apparently the, the film was offered to Brian Gibson, it was offered to Jeremiah Shelshik as well. Some speed skaters there. Remember going randomly gonna see some speed skating at our local ice arena. It was a family outing, we all went and watched speed skating. I've no idea why. Should never made any inkling, any indication that I wanted to go watch speed skating. Bye, check out the trousers on your Brenner there. So many colours at any one time. It's like a pack of highlighters. Just, like, broken. I'm not sure what to make of the 
basically the implication that Jamaicans have never known what ice is. I'm sure we've had some snow at some point in existence in Jamaica. the Russian ice hockey team. Russians still considered somewhat of a bunch of villains in US cinema at this time. the Swiss bobsleigh team who Dries takes a lot of inspiration from sees them as a very well oiled machine, very professional you never really hear much about Swiss sport doing well I think the only person who probably Roger Federer is probably the most famous Swiss sportsman So that Einswein dry there. Doris steal that for his own team. It's fantastic music there. Sounds like something uh, Vince DeCola would have done for Rocky Four. Wonder if this has been done in slow motion just to pad out the runtime a little bit. I love how all the bobsleds are just stored in some storage shack. <laughs> Rickety old sled. Contrary to what it's depicted in the film here as well, the Jamaican bobsleigh team was actually quite popular among the other teams at the 88 games due to them being considered to be such underdogs. One team actually went out of their way to get them a sled to practice in. Check out the mullet on that guy. Everyone just seems more bothered about polishing their, their sleds. 
man, you can tell this was you can tell that this was filmed in the nineties, but obviously, you know, set in the eighties, the amount of mullets and mustaches that are going on in this. Mullets and mustaches. It sounds like <laughs> sounds like a theme night at some bar. Going back to what I was saying about racial undertones of the film earlier. All these white folks looking at these this black team. Looking at them like a, like they're a bunch of aliens. Like I say, in reality the Jamaican team was actually quite well liked amongst the other teams. Stop asking people to kiss your egg. I can't tell whether he's supposed to be German or Russian. I think he's meant to be German, but... I've never known a German team to dress in blue. Odd to hear the word asshole in, in a Disney film. I think you can get away with, with one naughty word. So the rights to the Jamaican bobsledders story were bought by TriStar Pictures in 1989. Dawn Steele, who you saw her name at the start there, got involved with the project when it was shifted from TriStar to Columbia. Obviously it would eventually leave Columbia Pictures and Disney Walt Disney Pictures were convinced into two, uh, producing the project in as well. It's when they uh, rewrote the script for it. I think they cut a lot of the budget as well. I mentioned at the start it was made for $15 million, which, like I say, that's not much at all in modern day money. Sanka absolutely terrified at the back there.
I've never tried fried bananas. That sounds absolutely disgusting. Hey, nothing wrong with reading comics, mate. Heyo. The comic that Sanka's reading there is Incredible Hulk 282. Gonna win the whole Olympics. That's confidence. It also seems to have gained a body of water from somewhere. Me and my wife went to London a few years back and we went for a walk down to Buckingham Palace. My wife hadn't ever seen it. She was so disappointed when she saw Buckingham Palace. She said it's just grey and miserable. It needs a lick of paint. Good advice from Junior. Well, I should take some fashion advice looking at that cardigan. wearing different colours all the time. It's like the colour coded. So there you go to Canadians, eh? See, they only posted a 5.8. That's not much better than the Jamaican lads were running on a road. And they're supposedly the seasoned veterans. And they're on home ice. Check out the hat on that guy. Just reading here as well. Apparently Cuba Gooding Jr. was considered for a role. Well, Doris started to get in that sled far too early there. And of course, seen as somewhat of a laughing stock.
So this is Junior's father seeing that he's there at, in Canada. I don't know where he thought he, he was the rest of the time. Obviously, he knows that he's going supposedly going to Miami to join the um, the brokerage firm, but you'd have thought he'd have called to make sure he got there, all right. Now, an interesting point to that, in the sport of bobsledding, adding weight to the slate is actually illegal. In fact, it's, sometimes it's done as somewhat of a safety measure. Both two- and four-man sleds, they have a minimum and a maximum weight, and the weight of the sled is also cal calculated into the total, this including along the along with the sled, sled and its crew. Sorry, I can't even talk now. So if the weight of the sled and the crew isn't close to that minimum or maximum, it's perfectly legal to add weight to make up that difference. Junior looks an idiot in that cap, he should leave that back at home. You don't see anybody getting telegrams in for anything anymore. Big fat timestamp on this film. Line dancing. Remember my mum going line dancing when I was a kid. I imagine it's as boring as it looks. If anything, Sankarado adding a bit of unpredictability to it probably makes it more interesting. You don't often associate Canadians being with being cowboys, but apparently it's quite quite the thing in Alberta. Sorry, I just can't get over some of the fashion in this film. Look at that jumper. And he really shouldn't have worn that cap. Bit of a role reversal from you all there. 
It must be the German team. They're decked out in Adidas. Or Adidas, as it's, as it's known in Deutschland. <laughs> the old <laughs> scary fingers. Love it. Didn't really need to push that guy on the way out. So it's good to see a change in character from from Yorberena here. Obviously he was so uh, defensive and out for himself at the start of the film. Whereas now he's he's really starting to warm to his team and particularly Junior. Badass mother who won't take no crap from nobody. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got it down now. <laughs> I love that stomp out. <laughs> Stop pushing everybody out of the way. Comedy punch sound effect there. Good shot, Junior. Attacking a man from behind. Well done. A bunch of school kids at the headmaster's office. It's good to see that the uh, that a, that's the first time I've in a long time I've seen a bar fight not descend into the whole bar fighting each other for no reason. <laughs> Subtle little eye roll from Sanka there when he mentioned the Swiss team. Swiss coming in for some abuse in this film. Mm. 
mentally disturbed. John Candy laying down the law like a good coach should. Big stubby toes. <laughs> Love that scream. So here we are, get a, another training montage. So you got the song Rise Above It here by Lock, Stock and Barrel. For some reason I thought this was on at the start of the film. Unless I was just maybe talking over it. You can see all the boys can like squat the same amount as well. <laughs> I can't do pull-ups. Wish I could. You're showing everybody how it's done though. Yeah, even Sank is managing. Oh, no, of course he isn't. <laughs> Not one of them missed him there. <laughs> one of the famous shots from the trailer there of them doing the turns in the bath. Some beautiful uniforms there. Not sure which team that's supposed to be. Blue sled in a burgundy outfit. 
Could be using a spare, I suppose. These, those two guys look like they've never done a bobsled race in their life. How can they judge it? Not sure if you could get away with that uh, these days. Good job, Doris has got a safe pair of hands on it. So he's still echoing the call of the of the Swiss team there, his heroes. I wonder if he just kind of latched onto the Swiss team just because it was like one of the first teams that he saw. I wonder if he'd just go, ooh, ready, steady, go, if anybody else had used that rather than ice fine dry. These POV shots do actually make bobsleigh look absolutely terrifying. Like I said, how anybody gets into this and how you, how they decide, yeah, that's what I want to do for a living. Yosh. So have they qualified? Yes, they have, seeing as there's still half an hour of the film left. <laughs> there's Irv's arrival there, obviously absolutely devastated. Interesting bit of trivia as well. Lewis Hamilton, the F1 driver, stated in an interview once at uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix this year, says that Cool Runnings ranks as his favourite movie due to the parallels he draws between the, the sporting struggles depicted here and his own experience. That's the multi-millionaire Lewis Hamilton there. You don't mess with anybody's mum. Interesting mention of a two-dollar hooker in a Disney film as well. And that's the origin of the Cool Runnings name.
So he's uh, going to plead his case at the International Alliance of Winter Sports. There it is, there's the logo. You should know that. Convenient. Oh, must we now? Anything that's embarrassing there is your English accent. The International Alliance of Winter Sports as well featured here. It's not a real uh, organisation. Real life bobsleigh and governing body is called the International Bobsleigh and Skeleton Federation. John Candy often depicted as the the jolly comedy fat man, but whenever he did serious drama, he always did really well. Anybody's ever seen Planes, Trains and Automobiles as well? He's great in that. And showing that you're the best. You see how much it means to you all now to still be part of this team. Well, they sort of had to put them back in. It would have looked a bit suspicious otherwise. So here we are back in Jamaica now. There he is, bearing the flag there. According to the trivia here, is the flag banner slogan of the Jamaican bobsled team read, Support our country, unity is strength. Yes, Jamaica, together we can. And you do get a feeling of how everybody gets behind the team back, back home. Back 
back in the days when uh, suitcases didn't even have wheels on them. That's how, how far back this goes. I always liked those um, yellow puffer jackets they had there as well. Jamaican uniforms predominantly feature the Adidas logo as well, you might have noticed. <laughs> Silly little prayer though. So he's Junior's dad. He's come to take him take him back home. Ruin everybody's time. Thank you very much. Obviously, never been to a to a private school. I should see the stuff they get up to. Massively dickish move here, trying to take uh, Junior back home. There is just the four of them. They haven't got a replacement fourth man. I don't know if it's Junior's hair or if he just has an odd-shaped head. See how it goes off to a... <laughs> almost like a point. You can totally picture Trevor McDonald reading that. Trevor McDonald, a British national treasure, and obviously from Jamaica himself. Just take this, take this guy out and replace him with Trevor McDonald. You get the exact same. Good on you for standing up for yourself, there, Junior. Fucker. Go on, say it. Two big scary bear mascots. Oh, there they are again. <laughs> skipping along this time. That must be dangerous, chucking up cables like that. Very good shot there. Even though you know they've they've qualified on their own merits, Jamaica's still still sticking out somewhat, shall we say? 
I need to stop copying the the Swiss theories. There goes the Americans. There's a wiggly ass that I didn't need to see. Like that they've put Jamaica at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Gotta love the optimism. Yeah, boo them, boo them. So on the uh, leaderboard there, they had England uh, written there. You wouldn't just have England in the Olympics. You'd, of course, have Great Britain. If it was the Commonwealth Games, you'd, you'd have England on their own. But minor mistake. I like that varsity jacket that John Candy's got on. There we go. Obviously nobody else has goggles on because they took their heads. So there we go. We're... The Jamaicans are really going for it. Look, they've got their time down. They were 5.35 from a 14-something or other. How embarrassing. What are you on about, man? So these shots that you're seeing on the on the TV here, oh, <laughs> hell of a pump there. Yeah, the shots that you were seeing on the TV there, that's from the actual broadcast footage. Fifty-eight point oh four there, the time given. That was the the best time that the real-life team actually posted at the Olympics. I think they do slightly better in in a couple of upcoming scenes, but that 58.04 was the best that they did. At this Olympics, at least, anyway. Speaking for all of us there, Sanka. You can see, obviously, it's portrayed how much Doris loves the Swiss team here in this uh, red and white tracksuit. Obviously, wants to be part of that Swiss team. Oh, don't say it's stupid, man. That hurt. 
So just reinforcing there that Darius forgetting who he is. Hear the inspirational music just rising there as Sanka was speaking. <laughs> Puffing away on a cigarette. So we need to just ignore what happened yesterday. Try a bit better today. Oh, sorry, just readjusting myself in my seat. I, I just said that, look. So we've dropped the Ice vine dry call of the Swiss there. I wonder if they used an actual bobsleigh team for these these scenes. I would imagine that they did. So not nearly a whole second and a half off the time though. So they went 20 places after the shaving off at a second and a half. Shows how close um, bobsledding can actually be. Doris going over the turns one last time. He really should know them by now. He's been down them twice. Good little scene here between Leon and John Candy. It's good how they drop all the music out, just let the dialogue carry the scene.
some sound advice there. It does make you quite an elite, a member of quite an elite club if you do have a gold medal though. Everybody's behind them now that they're doing well. Oh, sorry. Wonder who's made those t-shirts. For an Olympic event that's something that's so organised and so coordinated, there's a lot of people just hanging around the the starting gate of the race. It is great to see how how behind them they are back home though. Classic case of glory supporting. Like this past summer in the World Cup, everybody in England suddenly thought England football team was gonna win the World Cup when they strung a few results together. Something not right here. Oh, is it changing the music? You can tell something's coming. Oh, disaster. Like I say, this is the real footage that was shown at the time. That must have been must have been absolutely terrifying for for the team. I mean, look at the angle of his head there. Must have been absolutely terrifying. And just how just no sound at all it really lets the severity settle in thankfully thankfully everybody was okay it's a miracle that nobody died absolute miracle Now, when I was a kid, and when I used to watch this, 
I I thought that because obviously this is based on a true story, I figured that what comes next actually happened. Because that's when you figure out the difference between based on a true story and a true story. No, the carrying of the sled here didn't actually occur. It's something that was written for for the film. Give it that a feel good ending. I mean personally I'd have just left the sled on the ground and pushed it myself, but And the old, the old slow clap, the ripple effect as everybody gives their adulation to to the team, as the guys who were judging earlier. Even old Stoneheart cheers the team on the. Somebody else that was suddenly championing the team after they were doing well. <laughs> I'm such a cynic, aren't I? Somebody going to have to take that sled away now. Well, assuming that they qualify. And they did, actually. Uh, the Jamaican team actually competed at the next four Winter Olympics. So, up until 2002. Though they wouldn't appear again in the men's race until uh, the Sochi Games in 2014. One extra just looking directly into the camera there. And that's why you're just an extra. And a nice way to finish off the film there with Irv getting getting his redemption. reading they return to the Olympics as equals even though like I said they were quite popular at this one as well and then we get Jimmy Cliff with I can see clearly now playing us out so that was Cool Runnings and I will be back in just one minute just to let you know what is going on with season 2 of Inside Oz. 
So there we go, that was our watch along of Cool Runnings. I hope you had a little bit of fun with it. Now, as I promised, I was going to let you know what was happening with Season 2 of Inside Oz. The second season will be starting very shortly, but I am going to be taking a very short break before I do launch Series 2. I will be working on the podcast during that break. Hopefully what I'll be able to do is bank some episodes, so similar to what I was doing originally when I launched the podcast, so that I can get it out to you, the listeners, at a regular pace. I'm aiming to hopefully get the second series launched by the end of the year, but the best way to keep up to date with everything to do with the show is to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, which you can do using the handle at InsideOzPodcast. If you have any other questions or comments, you can also email InsideOzPodcast at gmail.com. The entire first series of Inside Oz is still available to listen to on iTunes, at Podbean, on Stitcher Radio, Acast, and many, many more. Subscribe to the show wherever you can so that when Series 2 launches, you will get the episode straight to your device as soon as it is released. So, the next episode of Inside Oz will be the Season 2 premiere, The Tip, where we will find out the aftermath of the riot. But until then, I have been Neil Thompson, and I will see you all again very soon. Take care of yourselves, everyone. Bye.